Hey there, humans. Welcome to Sinister Soup, the show where we discuss genre fiction through the lens of literature, film, ridiculous conversation, and tasty beer. Beer. I, beer. Beer. I am one of your co-hosts, Clay Vermolum. I am your other co-host, Travis Vermolum. Aw, yeah. And today we're going to start our show the way we start every episode of this show with our Bring Some Culture segment on somebody who's out there doing a cool artistic thing or a cool business thing or just something that we think is cool. Mm. Travis, what you got? Oh, this week, so that you all can become more cultured, I have brought a a YouTuber (laughs) by the name of Murphy Napier. Um, Murphy Napier. Murphy Napier. Um, Murphy is a booktuber. Uh, she's actually great friends with one of my favorite booktubers who I think I have advertised on here before, uh, Daniel Green. The reason I am advertising her is because recently, you will be interested in this, I think, Clayton, she has begun doing a series called How Publishing Really Works, and she brings experts from the publishing world onto her show, and she goes over the different sort of facets and steps of publishing step by step so she has an editing episode a designing book covers episode a book marketing episode and that's just really cool i think they're very helpful i think they're worth it for anybody to watch that is maybe looking to publish a book or be a publisher and on top of that she just has a bunch of really cool reviews and like just kind of funny skits and she brings really awesome energy to all her videos She never seems disingenuine. A lot of the times you can tell she definitely does not have a script. (laughs) She just kind of rants, and it's really fun to watch. Um, And I have gotten a lot of great reviews from her and a lot of great suggestions for books I've put on my lists. So if you like BookTube or you're an aspiring author that wants some good advice for publishing, look up Murphy Napier. Sounds awesome. Anything that shows you that glimpse behind the curtain is always helpful for some for artists who are trying to get into the realm of becoming professional at some level, you know? Yeah. Like, you may design really good book covers, but there's so much to know about the business aspect of that that those kind of shows just really help you get on the right track to, to actually pursue that if that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. All right. I am actually also kind of in the publishing realm today. Uh, I wanted to talk about a group called Something or Other Publishing. Uh, This is a hybrid publisher which pays their authors, which is pretty unique because a lot of hybrid publishers, um, that mostly means you're going to pay for a good chunk of the cost of it that that you incur publishing your book. Mm. Um, Something or Other does publish you um, kind of like a traditional publisher, but you have to like kind of prove that you have a platform Mm. so the way that it works uh for example i'm actually entered in the writing contest that they're holding right now for my short story lucians Mm -hmm. and i have to get 25 votes for my story to be considered for the uh, publication and the grand prize um so i like share a link with all my people and if i get enough votes then i get thrown in the pile the slush pile (laughs) Um, So it's kind of like an interesting way to decrease the slush pile for themselves, but they're not doing it with like a super high entry fee. In fact, there's no entry fee, which is pretty uncommon in a lot of uh, paying contests. Mm -hmm. Almost unheard of, actually. So I think that's pretty cool. 
um it's an interesting way to go about it and then they they pay pretty well for the authors that they do publish so that's definitely something to keep your eye on if you're a writer submitting things right now as i am uh at the end of the episode i'll let you know where you can find the link so if you want to vote for lucians that would be awesome because if it gets published then i can release it to all of you Yay. and uh Anybody who is a viewer of this show and votes for it to help me get it published, just let me know. I'll give you my email at the end of the episode, and I'll put it in the description, and you can tell me that you helped me out, and I will send you the story when it's published. It is quite good. Indeed. Thank you. So yeah, something or other publishing. Um, I think they're cool, like I said. They're they're doing publishing in their own kind of way. They're still paying authors, and they're not charging an, an exorbitant entry fee. To get into their contest, um, which that can really stack up, I can tell you. Right on. So you got a YouTuber, you got a publishing company that's helping people out to uh, reduce the costs that they have. You got a co-host who's suddenly from the East Coast. We got some culture now. (laughs) (laughs) Go birds. Go birds. Now we are going to roll dice and talk about something where are you from what what are you doing today you have an english (laughs) pseudo transylvanian listen i've had too many days off dnd man like (laughs) just exercising all the voices the accents have to escape somewhere i feel you dude i have the accents too that unfortunately for my wife she gets all of them (laughs) yes all right so today we are talking about a movie I won't say whether or not it is good or bad, because no. it could be either. Uh, Van Helsing. Oh, yeah. boy. Uh, it is a Hugh Jackman. Um, I could maybe say cult classic. There's a following behind it. Anyway, Hugh Jackman is Van Helsing, um, who, if anyone hasn't read Dracula, is like the guy who is hired to kill Dracula. He's famous for that in Bram Stoker's novel. Um, but the movie itself is sort of a blend of a bunch of different stories. You got Jekyll and Hyde, you got Frankenstein, you got the Wolfman, um, and they're all sort of like mixed into this stir pot of horror, fantasy, um, extravaganza invention, huh? Sci-fi, sci-fi, a little, I guess. Frankenstein's kind of sci-fi. Yeah, it really like. It, it teeters the line in a lot of genres and a lot of stories. Um, and they sort of just try and mix them all, uh, which is not the first movie to do this or TV show. And that's basically the premise. Van Helsing is a monster hunter and he is set out to stop Dracula from taking over the world with his brides and babies. So that is a pretty simple plot. Yeah. Have you ever, if you've ever played Magic the Gathering, and you're trying to stop the impending power of a spawning deck. That's yeah. essentially what Van Helsing is trying to do. And, and and Dracula and his brides are the spawning deck. Yeah. Yeah. That's the movie we are debating. Are you ready to roll? Ready. I got a three. I got a 19. Oh, this guy. Hey. Hey, that'll put you first, buddy, old pal. All right, my defense for Van Helsing first. (laughs) (laughs) 
Listen, the movie's got everything. It's got werewolves, it's got vampires, it's got Frankenstein, and most of all, it's got machine gun crossbows. What more could you ask for? Dipped in the <laughs> holy water, shot at lovely broads that are flying around on wings and they're vampire girls. Um, but no, <laughs> that accent aside, um, it's an action-packed, mummy-like adventure film. Um, it was one of my favorites as a child because, well, okay, teenager, my parents didn't let me watch it when I was a child. For anybody out there that's like, wow, <laughs> wow, they were watching like Half Naked Vampires when I was six? No, I was like 15. It's fine. Um, it's a perfect time to watch Half Naked Vampires. Exactly. It was one of my favorites, definitely. Um, and I rewatched it, and you know, it, it was good. I had fun. It's not like, like, I've made this argument with other movies before, like King Kong versus Godzilla. You're not going to this to watch the next Oscar winner. You're not going to this to write a beautiful critique of the power of cinema. You're going to this <laughs> because it's fun, and it is so much fun. And for the time that it was made, the CGI is quite good. The werewolves look amazing. They're actually some of the best werewolf de designs I've ever seen in, in movies. Um, I would say second only to American Werewolf in London, and that one only wins because it was much older and did uh, just as good, like in the 70s. But I think what they did is they brought a lot of cool monster horror stuff together and sort of made this mismatch of cool um, concepts, uh, put a basic plot structure around it, some decent dialogue, and we're like, hey, go to town. And it ended up well. I have fun when I watch it. I like watching Van Helsing battle the vampire ladies. I love watching the werewolf fights. It has a compelling enough plot to keep you glued to the screen. The acting is good. Um, it's not amazing, <laughs> but it's good. It keeps you there. Um, it's a lot in the same vein as like King Kong versus Godzilla to me, or um, The Mummy, or Reign of Fire. It's fun. If you want to go to a movie to critique it harshly, don't go to Van Helsing. If you want to go to a movie to eat popcorn and be like, wow, they have a machine gun crossbow, Van Helsing's <laughs> a game, man. <laughs> the acting is dot 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 good <laughs> question mark <laughs> firm defense for the film van helsing there hey it does have a star-studded cast you can't deny that it's got hugh jackman kate beckinsale um the guy that plays faramir forget his name super star-studded yep um it it stands to stands to reason that the movie should be good but somehow <laughs> with all of the stuff you talked about with having like a star-studded cast not only in the actors portraying the characters but in the characters themselves i mean the movie is comprised almost entirely of classically famous and revered horror movie figures you got dracula you got the werewolf you got frankenstein and frankenstein's monster you even got igor played by the guy who played benny I can't remember his name. Oh yeah, but Benny. let's let's be real about that. Goodbye, I mean, Benny. the king of playing the like greasy henchman <laughs> is playing the greasiest henchman of all time. You know, Hugh Jackman is ready to kick some vampire tush. 
and there's some scrumptious vampire tush flying around. <laughs> like, what could go wrong, one might think. How could this movie be a bomb? Well, watch Van Helsing, and you'll know. All the ways that all of that great, wonderful stuff could go wrong, go wrong in Van Helsing. I agree with you on the CGI. It's the only place they did anything right. If you took, like... But if you took, like, the Harry Potter werewolf. Oh. Uh, yeah, so take the... Exactly, yeah. that feeling right there. The Harry Potter werewolf. What you thought when you saw that werewolf. Yeah. No matter how good the Van Helsing werewolves are, when you look at it as a movie, it is the <laughs> equivalent of the Harry Potter werewolf as a werewolf depiction. Yeah. It's just trashy. It's... It looks... It looks starved... It looks hungry. It looks it looks sad. It looks like it hasn't eaten good plot for a and, very long time. And, and then it just is just thirsting for a little bit of like good writing in it. A little bit of maybe some performance from these superstar actors. But it doesn't get any of it. I um, mean in the Harry Potter werewolf's defense, Lupin was starved, sad, and alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Just like whoever wrote and directed Van Helsing, apparently, because this movie was terrible. I mean, the Frankenstein monster character, come on. Frankenstein's monster, of that, of that like, uh, pantheon of classic movie monsters, Frankenstein monster should be the scariest one. I mean, you've got Dracula, who's like... Yeah, he's scary because of he's super powered, right? He's like OP. He's like a, a demon lord uh, level of powerful. You got werewolves, which are obviously scary because a wolf is scary when it's like 100 pounds. So if you make it 400 pounds and bipedal, yeah, scary. Mm -hmm. But Frankenstein's monster represents so much of the dark side of humanity, the dark side of creation and the dark side of like neglectful parenthood and neglectful societal standards and how that can create a murderer. That's what Frankenstein's monster represents. And more than any other monster, we can all see the evil in ourselves when we watch or when we read like Mary Shelley's work. But in that movie, he's just like, he's like an emo punk band version of Frankenstein and it's just insulting. I hate it so much that I really can't say a lot more about it than that. It's just the performance of Frankenstein is terrible. It's the worst part of the movie by, by just leaps and bounds. Neglecting the fact that the movie is just a shameless, sex-charged, action-packed cash grab on top of uh, what's far worse about it, which is the misrepresentation of one of the greatest horror monsters ever created. Okay, first off, how dare you, sir, insult Stephen Summers, the director and writer of the Scorpion King franchise, the G.I. <laughs> franchise, and the Mummy TV series, which ran from 2001 to 2003. <laughs> I think that filmography is insult enough. What is my question? When Stephen Summers is attached to something, what do you expect? I mean, I think in his writing credits this is second to the mummy he wrote the mummy movie he didn't direct it thank god <laughs> but he he did write it and i think in sort of his writing credits 
Van Helsing is probably second to The Mummy because it is it is a lot like The Mummy. It's an adventure flick. It's a globetrotter. You see a lot of cool stuff that you kind of, as a literary nerd, I was pumped for. I loved um, seeing Dracula, seeing the Wolfman, seeing all these sort of classic horror monsters brought to the screen in a single film in a much better way than League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I will say that that movie is an atrocity. Um, <laughs> it's bad. It's bad, bad. But yeah. um, I do think that in his filmography, he has a lot of blemishes, as I just read. But Van Helsing is kind of up there with the mummy of, hey, you did a job. And that job was entertain us. This is the movie equivalent of a good gladiator fight. Should it exist? No. But was it fun to watch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if this were a courtroom, I think we know which way the judge would be going. Because <laughs> even the his week. defense attorney is like... Fear <laughs> of the week. Fear of the week. Drop your argument. Shut the hell up. Yeah. Let's put some beer in our faces. Beers. What kind of beer you got? I am still in Cupbank, Montana. Mm-hmm. We remember its name as it is a great, great town. Um, so I am drinking. Oh, that is my dog in the background. Our dog. I am drinking Creek Water. It is a um, cream ale from Cupbank Creek Brewery. And our third cousin, I think he's our third cousin, Louie. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking. I'm highly skeptical about this one okay um my wife deanna uh suggested this beer to me um she knows very well my aversion to sweets and and uh most stouts because they tend to be too sweet for me Mm -hmm. um but she assures me that this peanut butter flavored stout from belching beaver Ooh. is not as sweet as it sounds and is actually quite delicious and thinks I will actually enjoy it. I'm um, gonna... So we're going to see if I vomit. Okay. Please don't vomit on, on audio recording. It'll be great, great sound effects. Peanut butter stouts usually are the blandest of sweetness in the stout family. I can't even eat normal peanut butter, and it always seems like to me that drinking things is a lot sweeter than eating them. But... Oh. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hold Cheers. for vomit. Hold for vomit. I'm gonna try it out. That is pretty good. I don't hear vomit. I haven't vomited yet. Woo! Yeah. I'll suck down the rest of it and see how I feel, but yeah, it actually isn't that sweet and it's really good. Nice. And really smooth. Right on. Hmm tasty this is the sort of thing that makes it hard to not like sweets mm-hmm. it's like they're on the cusp and it's like don't you want to like us a little more but they but then you don't but then i just don't <laughs> um how about yours how is the creek water from back home it's good it's uh very creamy that wasn't a lie it's a cream ale <laughs> um that's good kind of like it's almost like a light stout which is mm. very nice for me all right um all right so on the subject of van helsing i didn't lie and here's the thing you noticed that i did not retort to one of his arguments clayton and i did not mention a character 
at all. Because, my honest opinion, I would have loved this movie if Frankenstein's monster had not been present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is the worst part. This is the absolute worst depiction of Frankenstein's monster I have ever seen. It is overacted. It is terribly written. It completely just throws away all of the literary influence. I mean, he, like, is in love with Frankenstein. <sighs> I can't even... Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is one of my favorite books of all time. And it's so good. They just, like, read the cliff... No, they didn't even read the cliff notes, because then they would have known that Frankenstein's monster hates his master because he abandoned him. They read, like, the names. <laughs> they read Victor and Frankenstein and were like, cool, we got this. <laughs> Dude, I don't think they read anything. I think they just have heard about Frankenstein enough like everybody has. Like, if you knew literally nothing about Frankenstein and you had never read anything, you didn't even know that it was a book... You know, they're like yeah. that level of understanding Frankenstein's monster or worse. They just don't care. Mm -hmm. And that is so much worse. It's so much worse because I think without Frankenstein's monster's character, this would have been cheesy pulp would have been kind of fun. I love I, I, I love lots of parts of it. I love the werewolf hunt. Mm -hmm. um, I like the werewolf versus Dracula when Van Helsing becomes a werewolf, even yep. though that's also totally just shattering canon. Yep, doesn't happen. Um, doesn't happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's fun. You know, those kind of like twists on things are fine with me. Yes. Um, I like that he goes and fights fights Dracula as a werewolf because, come on, were werewolf v. vampire is just a classic clash, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm fine with that. Like, if I'm going to a movie like this, a classic clash is basically what I'm looking for. And it's definitely better than, like, Twilight Werewolf Weave vamp Vampire. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is the sexy vampire women overplayed? A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. But I was a 15-year-old boy when I watched Van Helsing, so <laughs> it wasn't overplayed to me at the time. I was all about it. I mean, the movie's chock full of cheesy lines, overacting, but it would have been almost permissible and okay without frankenstein's monster he is just every time he graces the screen i cringe in pain and i can't do it i yeah i can't watch that movie anymore either now that i've read mary shelley and i've seen some decent depictions of frankenstein but it's kind of there's a lot of bad ones so saying that this one is the worst is really saying something but yeah it, it truly is just just a desecration of the character there's really not very many good ones so that's even worse like i've seen maybe one i enjoyed and that's the penny dreadful tv series i was gonna say that too that 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 frankenstein's monster was okay they did it right and oh. the frankenstein chronicles with uh sean bean is it bad oh i haven't seen those yeah, it's but... not bad but you don't even get to the monster till way late in the seasons the series it's more about frankenstein himself Mm -hmm. um still just terrible terrible just bad. giving a uh, frankenstein stockholm syndrome destroys the whole point of the monster mm -hmm. and making him like pine for his i don't know it was Ugh. 
every yes. word out of his mouth is like a very loud opera-y whine. It's just bad. Super wooden caricature. Yeah, so I feel like Van Helsing did not hold up for me. I it's, loved it no. when I was younger, but on so many levels it does not hold up. And then there's a few things that are like Frankenstein's monster that are just like unforgivable enough that I'm like, actually, I think this movie sucks. I would have stood by it like six years ago before I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Now, I will not. <laughs> we will we not. are on the same page. I I would have. I used to say like, oh yeah, check out Van Helsing, and now I will never suggest it to another person. Yep. Well, that's that's pretty much where I'm at with that. Yeah, that sounds like both of us are agreed on the atrocity that is frankenstein's monster in the van helsing movie (laughs) true so um thank you for joining us and learning some culture as well as discussing a movie that does not hold up to the critical esteem of some we've discussed before um as always i have been one of your co-hosts travis and i have been clay and um, next week on BBC's Sinister Soup podcast, we will be discussing something else. Uh, possibly something narrated by uh-huh. David Attenborough. Oh, indeed, yes, David. I had tea with him the other week. Anyway, <clears throat> that is... One of, one of our most frequent listeners is a very British man, and he's oh, going no. to be offended by those voices. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Philip Richards... Uh, love you. Philip, I don't claim to have a good British accent. I just like to do it. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. It's a thing we Americans do. We Americans do that frequently. It's really just accent envy. We do really love David Attenborough. (laughs) We do. We do. Yeah, really all he has to do, he could talk about like spreading butter on toast and Americans around the the country would tune in and watch it for an hour while he told us where the butter came from and the consistency of the butter and how that makes it spread across toast so well. Yep. We'd, we'd watch it and we'd lick it up. But I mean, what do we have? We have John Madden. Come on. Like, <laughs> that's, we don't have that, so. You definitely just dated yourself pretty hard right there. <laughs> Claiming John Madden as a voice of the generation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, whatever. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody, especially Philip. <laughs> especially you, Philip Bridgers, for having to tolerate our, I guess, like, xenophobia? Not yeah. phobia, but xeno, xeno something. Xeno ignorance. Something <laughs> Whatever it is when you, when you dishonor another country. We're not dishonoring it. We love the accent. We're and just, we're jealous. And now we are just digging the hole deeper and as always (laughs) like you always do i swear i don't think britons are stupid (laughs) dig boys dig dig boys dig all right as always i have been travis vermillum i've been clay vermillum have a good night everybody we're both still those people yeah we are